Hello. It's time to play Wheel of Misfortune. That's right, the exciting new game show where you bet your freedom against physical torture and abuse. But the problem is, you can't win. <laughs> Isn't that right, Bill? Yes, sir, that's right. Welcome to Amnesty TV. Coming up in the show, a revolutionary art class with the founder of Wikipedia, gooseneck arm lock training, and Ferrero Rocher at the ambassador's reception. Plus the man from Google, the man from the Arab Spring, and possibly the most inspiring woman on the planet. But first, the balance on your local dictator's current account. Switzerland, famous for peaks of snow, mouth-watering cheese, robust pocket knives, and a safe haven for dictators, autocrats, and tyrants who secretly bank millions of embezzled dollars. Here are four high-profile customers. Deposed Tunisian leader Zin El Abidine Ben Ali. Deposed Egyptian President Mubarak. Ousted Ivory Coast leader Laurent Gbagbo. And Libyan dictator Colonel Gaddafi. Together they banked over $1 billion. But who banked the most? Find out at the end of the show. Hello. Hello. Is this the Iranian embassy? It is, yes. Do you know if the ambassador's in? Well, I couldn't say so. We wanted to sign the card, the happy birthday card for, for to Amnesty. To be honest, I don't think you're going to get much joy out of him. You don't think so? No. Oh, hello. Um, just here from Amnesty International. wanted to see if you'd sign our birthday card. Magical birthday wishes are on the way to you to make to help make sure all your dreams come true. You know, consider that. Uh, yeah, we're having lots of fun games at, at the party and for Russia and all that sort of stuff. To say thanks on behalf of Amnesty for keeping them in business for 50 years. You can't sign it. Oh, it's a shame. Hello. You have to take your phones out, I'm afraid. Amnesty is 50 years old, you see. Without the work of Saudi Arabia, Amnesty would be... So, would you not wait, sign it? Wait. Would you like to come to the party? Wait, wait, wait. No. <laughs> it's wait, okay. Wait, 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 wait. No, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Would you like to come? <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so, you don't want to come to... It's going to be lots of fun. No women, no, no homosexuality, and no booze. So, not that much fun. Party. You don't want to come to no, the both? No, no, no. Or won't you get lonely? Sorry? I was going to ask one more thing. If we, can I, if we don't invite the South, will you come? Magical birthday wishes are on the way to you. Uh, uh, to who? Oh, it's for Amnesty. Is there anyone senior inside? The ambassador. Only the ambassador? <laughs> I think. I'll just um, Facebook in the details of the party. Oh, you can't do Facebook. I'll, t I'll tweet him. Hello? Will anyone sign our birthday card? Obviously it's a joke, we're yeah. trying to get different embassies to sign their 50th birthday card yeah. as a sort of support, you know, for the, have for you the had any, uh, UN Declaration of Human Rights. Sig no. Signatures? Well, you, you can have a look. It's pretty, uh, it's pretty blank, pretty blank so right. far. Jimmy 
Wales is the founder of Wikipedia, the largest and most popular encyclopedia on the planet. He's also a card-carrying believer in internet freedom. Here he is explaining exactly what that means. So 20 years ago, if I wanted to know something, I would have to buy a set of encyclopedias the size of a concrete block. 100 years ago, I would have had to borrow the books uh, because it would be too expensive for most people to buy. 500 years ago, I would have had to borrow a book from a priest or a lord or just go and ask them because they're the only people who had books and most people didn't even know how to read. The internet has changed all this forever. Uh, of course, now we have information on demand. And it's not just one-way traffic. I can publish my thoughts online for anyone that's interested to read. It's become so normal that we take all this freedom for granted. Today, there are over two billion people connected to the internet. But a third of them are living in an information dark age because some leaders censor information that's too troublesome for ordinary people to see. Chunks of history are being removed. Websites are being rubbed out. And people are being punished for talking freely online. The internet should be a force for freedom, not repression. Ordinary people should be in control of the content they view, and they should do it without fear of being punished. Internet repression is spreading. The world faces the danger of two internets, one for the free exchange of ideas and another for oppression. It undermines the very principle on which the internet was founded. The internet is freedom of information. And the internet is bigger than newspapers, it's bigger uh, than radio, it's even bigger than television. Which is why we can never allow governments to take control. The internet was founded on the principle of freedom. The definition is the right to act, speak, or think as we want, without hindrance and without restraint. Welcome to Amnesty News. The world's newest country, South Sudan, is dangerously close to war before it's even a year old. The South and the North agreed to separate peacefully earlier this month, but tensions still remain over oil and other resources. Skirmishes have continued since a referendum in January paved the way to independence, and there have been human rights abuses on both sides. Things have been made worse by China, Russia and the US cashing in the conflict by selling arms. This week, a UN conference in New York will discuss a new arms trade treaty. Amnesty International has urged the major powers to ban the sale of weapons where there's a risk they could be used in human rights violations. Gay activists have reacted with dismay to homophobic remarks by India's health minister, the man supposed to be leading the fight against HIV and AIDS in a country where more than two million people are infected. Ghulam Nabi Azad told a conference in New Delhi that homosexuality was an unnatural disease that had come to India from the West. Azad said that gay sex was completely unnatural. HIV infection rates have declined in India in recent years, thanks to sex education and more open discussion. But colonial laws banning homosexual acts were only repealed in 2009, and prejudice against gay people is still common. Amnesty International described the remarks as outrageous and warned that stigmatizing gay men could lead to fewer people coming forward to seek treatment. Private security guards hired to help remove foreign nationals from the UK are using excessive force in some cases, according to an Amnesty International report. Amnesty has called for a complete overhaul of the way failed asylum seekers and others are handled after hearing evidence that people had been beaten and strangled in aircraft seats. Amnesty began its investigation after father of five Jimmy Mubenga died on a plane taking him back to Angola last year. 
Amnesty says there are serious failings in the training of contractors, including staff being taught dangerous restraint and control techniques. You can see more about the campaign later in the show. This week marks the fifth anniversary of the disappearance of Gambian journalist Abraham Manet. He was arrested in 2006 at the offices of the newspaper where he had downloaded an article that criticised the government. He has never been charged with a crime and the Gambian government denies any knowledge of his disappearance. Manet's story isn't unique. A number of Gambian journalists have been arrested and held without charge. Amnesty is calling on the Gambian authorities to end the cover-up and allow an independent investigation into the case. You can add your support to Abrima by logging on to amnesty.org.uk slash Monet. I'm Andriana, that's the Amnesty News. India, Jamaica, Brazil. Cameroon, China, Vietnam. There's a job traveling to all these places with a private security company waiting for you. The government pays us to remove people. All you need to do is get them on the plane and drop them off at the other end. Don't worry, only minimum training is required. Handcuffs and restraining belts are all supplied. If you can carry out the following maneuvers, you're hired. As an overseas escort, you'll find that nine out of 10 times an individual will resist removal. That's what we in the business call a spontaneous incident. Use the straight arm lock to gain control of the detainee. The principles are fixed shoulder, fixed wrist, downward pressure applied through the elbow joint. You might like to throw in a thumb lock at the same time. Use the gooseneck to gain control of the detainee. The principles are cock the wrist, block the elbow and apply pressure through the elbow joint. You can block it against your body, against a wall, or even against the floor. If the individual decides to become disruptive, they will immediately be put into rigid bar handcuffs. Ow. Correct usage involves locking the cuffs at both sides, leaving enough space for a finger to fit through. But some maverick officers prefer to use them to inflict pain. Tighten cuffs to the point of constriction. Drag detainees down the aisle of an aeroplane or simply twist them into the wrist bones to enforce compliance. Ow. Pass the seatbelt through the detainee's handcuffed arms, force the head between the knees and wedge it down the seat in front. Carpet karaoke stops them screaming, which tends to frighten other passengers. Lie on top of the detainee to add extra pressure, but be warned, the handcuffs will be forced up into their diaphragm, creating pressure on the chest and lungs. This can potentially result in positional asphyxia, which is fatal. Other techniques not recommended by the manual but often used include kicking, elbowing and punching in the ribs, back and face. To find out more about this exciting opportunity, go to amnesty.org.uk slash carpet karaoke. It is a pleasure to be able to address so many people connected to Amnesty International. After I was placed on house arrest and many of my colleagues were imprisoned for their political beliefs, my appreciation of Amnesty increased by the day. I wish on this 50th anniversary that its work may continue to be so successful that there will no longer be any need for such an organization. We shall be sorry not to be in touch anymore, but we shall also be very happy when we know that there's no need for Amnesty International to carry on its work. Thank you.
internet is a magical thing. It's a system of interconnected computers that serves billions of people around the world. It allows us to do the shopping, rate hot single friends, and upload videos of sneezing pandas. On a deeper level, it brings limitless knowledge and communication to our fingertips, and most of the time, it's free. Truly, the internet is a gift to us all. Unfortunately, it's a gift that some people, mostly dictators and oppressive regimes, want to take back, re-edit and re-gift in a shape that's more convenient to them. Why? Because knowledge is power. And knowledge plus communication equals power times at least 10. So for people in the business of suppressing power, the internet is less like a gift and more like a sharp stabbing pain in the backside which is why some authorities are developing something called an internet kill switch. Bill Etchickson knows lots about the internet. Mr. Etchickson, how do you turn it off? There is no red button or kill switch that shuts down the internet. What happens is that uh, governments would ask internet service providers to turn off their services. Fortunately for us, a kill switch isn't something you can pick up in the corner shop. Former Egyptian President Hosni Mubarak killed the net during this year's uprising. Now he's been fined $35 million. So how else do dictators control the net, Mr. Etchickson? More than 25 countries either block or partially block Google services out of the 150 that we serve around the globe. YouTube is banned in Libya. Blogger has had difficulties in Turkey. More than 120 bloggers are either imprisoned or silenced or facing charges. Social media is another gift from the digital gods. This gentleman helped to kickstart the Arab Spring with a Facebook group called April 6th. All the three years, uh, try to mobilizing people to go and demonstration against uh, Mubarak. And when uh, Mubarak regime used violence against youth activists, uh, all uh, using the internet to publish our ideas um, uh, in the internet and uh, our blogs. Our Facebook group, uh, about 70,000 of members in uh, three or four days, using uh, Twitter to uh, mobilizing people very quickly and spreading any uh, news. I think the, the internet uh, takes a very important place in our life uh, for calling to a change in uh, Egypt. It's not just dictators. French President Nicolas Sarkozy thinks the internet is an untamed beast that needs to be civilized. American senators like Joe Lieberman think the president should be able to disconnect the American internet. The net is like an enormous room for everyone to meet, and right in the middle is a library containing everything that we know. It is our fundamental right to visit this place whenever we want. Be on the lookout for people who would like to lock you out. These four men were recently caught hiding millions of their country's dollars in secret Swiss bank accounts. Did you guess who banked the most? The answer is... Former Egyptian President Hosni Babarak with a tidy $474 million. Gaddafi comes second with $416 million. Third is Gbagbo with $81 million. And lastly, Ben Ali with $69 million. Not much good now though. The accounts are frozen and the people want their money back. Will that be cash or credit card? time you've just spent watching a woman gazing enigmatically at a laptop, 
in a field. You could have added your voice to one of Amnesty's urgent campaign actions. But don't worry, there's still time. This link takes you where you need to go. Sunshine, lollipops and rainbows.